Welcome to Notes from the Field, brought to you by Noeo Science. Hey there, Gordon. Hey, Will. Good, good to see you. Good to see you. You ambled on in here. Yep. I hobbled in. You're you have you have six limbs right now. You're yeah. If I were to tax, if I were to biologically classify you i might put you in a different group today yeah i don't have an exoskeleton <laughs> oh okay i suppose there's that <laughs> well today today here on notes from the field we're going to be talking about any sustained physical injuries or dilemmas or adventurous type stories related to close that calls. Kind of close calls in the field and I kind of have a paltry, so I've been racking my brain to get a few of stories yeah, at I'm, least. I'm sort of a safe guy, generally <laughs> speaking. I mean, I don't like to take unnecessary risks. But right. Yeah, there's a few stories we could tell, I'm sure. I yeah, could. I think so. And you and you I'm picking on you because you recently were out yeah. and about and as sustained. you were referring to my six legs. <laughs> two <laughs> Those, of them are crutches. <laughs> right. You or have, six limbs, I should say. Yeah, six, six limbs. Appendages. That's right. Two two arms and four. So you're a uh, a, a hectoped. What do we uh, call that? Hexapod. Hexapod. Okay. Um. So you, you this just arms. happened. Yeah, what, it was uh, about two weeks ago. Why don't you give us the lay of the land and yeah. just and uh, yeah, it wasn't that dramatic in the sense of like falling forty feet from the beginning of an ascent to on El Capitan or anything like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the field trip, I taught last term, we just finished it up, marine biology, and uh, at the end of the term, we had a field trip over to the northwest corner of Washington and up by Deception Pass at Rosario Beach Marine Laboratory. And as I was looking at the tide charts, the uh, low tide was scheduled for about three in the morning. Mm. So I told the class, we're set your alarms for you know, 2.50, we're going to go down to the beach and tide pool dark and early. Wow. Um, so as I was uh, leading my class of nine students, um, it was sort of a pebbly cobbly beach, not sandy beach. Yep. And then if you move to the north, you can get into these rocky areas of uh, rockweed and some tide pools and stuff. So we were heading down to the beach first. Um, and then we're going to move north. But, you know, there's a lot of driftwood between the beach and, and the uh, area. Yep. With a, but there was a, a boat ramp that sort of cut through all of that jumble of logs. So I, of course, took the, the route, the boat ramp, which was a concrete slab going into the ocean with railroad tracks on both sides of the boat ramp. I don't know if you've seen boat ramps with railroad tracks on them. I guess that helps uh, some boats so you're not scraping the hull on the concrete right. so badly. Anyway, I was, uh, I had my real bright flashlight on ready to do our first outing and I was going down the boat ramp. It was concrete and uh, about, I don't know, halfway down, um, I guess there was just this film of transparent algae, I don't know, diatoms or something. It wasn't, it wasn't green or anything. Cause usually when you see green algae, you know, you know it's going to be slow slippery, down. you know, right. But there was no indication other than it was wet concrete and I had rubber, you know, rubber sold sneakers. It was, you know, grippy. Yep. But I hit just this slick, slick concrete and my, 
my left foot went out, giving you all the scientific detail. And my right foot hit the railroad track and somehow twisted all out of shape. As I went down, I howled. Oh. Um, and the students hovered out over me as I was writhing uh, oh. on, the, on the boat ramp. And finally, I was able to get some composure. And, and then they helped me up and took me back to the lab. And I said, well, we're going, I'm not going beachcombing, but you guys are. So I just tucked myself in the lab and sat up on the bench and stuck my foot in the saltwater basin. They have salt water on tap and kept my foot cold. And one of the students ran, got some ibuprofen. So I waited for 30 to 40 minutes for them to collect and come back. Then they were, uh, after they collected, you know, some critters, they helped me up to the, uh, to my cottage and I crawled into bed and had a, uh, sort of, uh, sort of, uh, sleep until, uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you eventually uh, head to, so you wait till the next day, then headed in to get it checked out or? Yeah, we had the, had the critters in the lab. We just wanted to go down and collect them at low tide. Right. And then I pretty much stayed in the lab or hobbled around on crutches and I couldn't really go down to the beach or. So did you just have pool. it, you just had it looked at once you got back home? You just. Oh your, yeah. Your I thought it was twisted real bad. Oh, okay. So you didn't think there was so a break. So I did get some crutches by the facility um, <laughs> and I hobbled around and then the second day I was actually decided, well, I'll try to walk on it. And so I walked on it a bit and then we drove home the, you know, it happened Monday morning. I We drove home back to Moscow Wednesday. Oh, okay. And I drove the van and used my gas and break foot, you know, the bad foot, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, controlled with ibuprofen. I was fine. Got all the way back and thankful for ibuprofen. But then, yeah, but then the next day was pretty tender and I didn't want to walk on it at all. And then, uh, went to the doctor and the doctor said, don't put any more weight on it until we get an x-ray. So I got an x-ray and lo and behold, there was three obvious breaks, but then when, then they scheduled surgery because they needed to put some hardware in. They, gotcha. They um, just increased your net worth. About about a week ago, so it was two weeks ago that happened, then a week ago, I got surgery, and they put several screws in my... So I broke, for those of you in anatomy, I broke the medial malleolus, the lateral malleolus, the bottom of the tibia, and up high on the fibula. Wow. So, so are those I, tarsal I, bones that you, the um, first two you mentioned? Uh, no, like, the... I didn't break the tarsal bones. I broke the, the, the mal medial malleolus is the medial side of the tibia, the okay. bottom of the tibia. Okay. And then at the bottom of the tibia, he didn't see it in the x-ray, but he found another break at the bottom of the tibia. And then the lateral malleolus is the bottom of the fibula. Okay. So I broke the fibula in two places, one at the bottom and one three quarters way up. It was all one motion, which, 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 which caused a lot of, uh, stress that right. went up between the bones and then broke the, um, so the screws are down near the ankle. Um, and then the, the up high on the fibula, I don't, didn't, they don't do anything with that. It just heals. So anyway, uh, I'm, um, that's, that Healing was up. my, yeah, it was sort of a very, uh, humbling spill. It, it wasn't like I was doing anything extravagant. Right. Uh, just slipped and bang. You weren't um, hugging a manatee or swimming no, away from a great white or anything. Yeah. 
Right. But the the main thing is that your students still collected in They collected. I said, no, you guys finished collecting. And uh, Did they find anything good? Yeah, they did. Uh, and so it was, and they had a great time and I was, I stayed chirpy so that they could enjoy their good green man. biology field trip. All right. But I was sort of became pretty Cecil. <laughs> you, yeah, you became, you, you Cecil transformed into word. your what polyp What does Cecil form. mean? It means staying in place, yeah. fixed, fixed, fixed to your substrate. I did hobble substrate. around a bit, but yeah. Right. You changed from your Medusa form to your polyp form there. Mm-hmm. We're studying cnidarians right now in, yep. in bio, marine biology. Yes. Um, so that I've, was just my big spill, recent spill. Yeah. And, um, Time in the field, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen at some point. I, I don't have anything quite that significant as far as injuries in the field. Well, good. You're probably just more uh, but, well, no, careful I was, or I more was coordinated. Thinking, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking about what you said. I tend to be pretty cautious myself. So we're kind of like the... We're kind of like the anti, uh, the antithesis of maybe Bear Grylls here. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're the cautious guy in the f- yeah. cautious guys in the field. I, I um, would do some things that looked sort of risky, like jumping off the cliffs at, at Elk River Falls. Oh yeah, but I'd always make sure it was a twenty-two so foot. You uh, perform jump. the calculation. I do. I would check the sea was deep, and if there was no uh, unexpected. Uh, woody debris that snagged down below that I couldn't see and get myself skewered on yeah. uh, some dead snag underwater. So I, I would check things out and then make sure I, I jumped to the correct spot. And right. So I, w- I would very, very, very calculated in right. my, in my, my risk. L- lots of, lots of calculation before the risk. Yeah. No, that's my approach too. Um, my closest, close call, my closest call would have been I went out on a halibut charter, a commercial halibut boat when I was living in South mm-hmm. Coastal Alaska. The guys took me, the guy took me on. I was a greenhorn. He knew it. I didn't know squat about commercial fishing. <laughs> and it showed uh, during that, that five days out on the Gulf. But we left, uh, we left Prince William Sound and headed out into the Gulf. Um, and uh, we made it out there. I got really seasick on our way out into the Gulf and I made the mistake. He asked me as I was... As I was starting to get sick, the captain had some fun with me. He said, uh, well, he'd asked me previously, had I ever been out on the ocean before? And I, I, I sheepishly told him I'd been out on the Chesapeake Bay. Right. And so uh, as I was uh, puking over the side, right. he hollered from the deck, is this much like the Chesapeake Bay? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bit of foreshadowing yeah, yeah. there. The rest of the trip, I felt pretty good. But we were, we were um, long lining for halibut. And the mm. way that works, we had a stern picker, and so there's a hydraulic a hydraulic line that feeds the fishing line out the back, a hydraulic system. They rig up this little pedal, and it's it's hooked up so that when you press the pedal, it feeds the fishing line out the stern. And mm-hmm. our job was to stand, me and the, the second mate, we would stand across from each other, and one of us would hook this, this ga- galleon or ganyan onto this the line it was a metal hook with a uh, it was a metal clip with a long hook and the next one of us would put a frozen squid on the hook and so he'd feed that out the every so often we'd put a ganyan on and then the squid and that would be feeding out the end of the boat and these are pretty long you know hundreds of yards long with weights on them and a buoy at the first uh a buoy at the start and a buoy at the finish so that once it was all, the gear was all out of the boat, it would sink to the bottom, right. but we could still find it. Um, and of course it was GPS. 
And we wore these big, long kind of gauntlet gloves, rubber gloves to keep our hands clean. They really didn't keep our hands too warm. Um, But as they were going out, I remember I got a hook caught in my glove and that line was still going out. And so I went with the line to the stern and I ended up with my feet up against the stern fighting the line that was trying to send me out into the Gulf of Alaska. And thankfully the glove ripped. It didn't catch my hand. It just caught the glove. Oh man. And that was, that was probably one of the closest calls I've had. I was, I was preparing myself to get very cold and, and very wet. Wow. Um, and thankfully survived there. That's pretty minor for a commercial fishing um, endeavor, but. I thought you said it first. So you said Gulf of Alaska. I was Gulf of Alaska. Okay. Yeah. The water was calm, thankfully. It was it was nothing like you see in the deadliest catch or right, those reality right. TV shows with the crab, right, crab right, fishermen. Right. Well, on one of my uh, herpetology field trips uh, early on when I was at NSA, um, we got to the rim of the Snake River Canyon and we, you know, somebody hollered rattlesnake and uh, went over and I think I was more of buckaroo back then that was a 18 well let's see no that was more like um yeah 15 years ago or so yeah and i i just i had snake tongs so i i pinned it with the snake tongs and then reached down you know i was gonna do the the (laughs) be the macho man yeah and uh i grabbed the the rattlesnake by the neck and picked it up and was showing the class and it was, uh, it was hissing wildly. And the thing about rattlesnakes is that they have baggy skin, kind of like basset hounds, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) not like other, I mean, the skin rides loose. Yeah. And, um, so, and I realized after I had gotten a hold of it, I was pretty safe, but the thing is these guys just, are struggling, they're twisting and they're, you know, I had my fingers on either. So don't try this at home. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I had my finger and thumb on either side of its neck. Cause I knew that if you sometimes have your finger underneath its lower jaw, they'll, they'll prick you with their fangs hmm. reaching down low. So, and then it was sort of twisting and sliding and twisting in my hand and i was like i gotta get i gotta get rid of this and so i i got down on my hands and knees and put it on the ground and and as i was i was wanting to secure the head against the ground with my fingers but in order to do that i had to rotate my fingers to get my fingers on top rather than on the sides yeah and it was twisting and it had more purchase on the ground as it was writhing and then as soon as i got it down with his head pinned then I jerked back and, you know, all was good, but I thought I, that was, that was dumb. Uh, <laughs> I want to do that again. Um, right. Although I did, uh, yeah. That's a good, uh, that's probably, the, that's probably the I smart did, response, right? I, yeah, I did it another time, but then other times it was not my doing. Like there was times where I'd resolved not to hold a rattlesnake again. They don't, I don't need to do that. Right. Um, but then one of my students who found rattlesnakes farther away from the rest of the group, and I wasn't there with snake tongs to, to handle it uh, with the snake tongs, they noosed it, which was the dumbest thing. Um, they noosed the rattlesnake, which is only for lizards, you know? Okay. 
And two people had noosed it. So I had two sticks, two dowels hooked to Hooked to a rattles. poisonous animal. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Venomous. I, I basically then had to uh, get the snake pinned down and loosen the nooses and pull it off the head. And that happened. And, and then that's, that's why it'd be unwise to use yeah. a noose on don't, a venomous yeah, animal because then you have to get it off them. Yeah, you have to get it off of them. Right. That happened again last year. Um, and I will keep the names uh, <laughs> private. Um, Feel free to tell on yourself if you're listening yeah. to the show. <laughs> right. But anyway, it, it, yeah. I had an interesting close call in uh, when the, the semester I spent down under. Uh, we we were given You've three days. around the world, uh, man. I did, I did, that's amazing. I did so much travel um, from age, say, 18 to mid-20s. I did a lot. And was um, it all biology related? Like fishing was. The, I always was sought not. out the biology. And okay, so but the, the semester over. trip on the halibut, that wasn't. A, that wasn't biology related. It just happened to be living in a place where I could do that. Okay. Um, and this, this was a semester overseas. And so uh, my grandmother had uh, wanted me to be able to visit Australia. And I'd signed, I'd wanted to visit Australia since I was five, you know, just enamored mm -hmm. with the place. And yeah. my, my college did a study abroad program. And so I signed up, did a semester, and we were based in Sydney at a university, actually north of Sydney, Macquarie University. And we were given three-day weekends. And so we would just travel. And wow. so we went all over the place. And one place, my my constant companion, uh, shout out out there to Chris Wagner. I've spent more time in a tent with that guy than anyone on the planet. We've just spent dozens and dozens of nights together um, in, a, in a tent. And so uh, we went up to the Northern Territory of Australia. Um, and up to Darwin, a town called Darwin. Yeah, yeah. They, they pronounce it Darwin. Darwin. Went up to Darwin. Which and, is right across um, from New Guinea. Way up yes, there. it's on the equator. It's on the Indian Ocean. I set foot in the Indian Ocean um, and uh, nearly got stung by a box jellyfish. That's part Ooh. of this story. Uh, kind of two dumb American tourists walking around the beach and uh, lovely Australian families having a picnic by the shore in the evening. And not in the water, but we thought the water looked nice. And so we were about to venture into it. And thankfully, some uh, gracious lady told us, hey, you know, may maybe not a good idea. The box jellies are are there right now. And they're one of the most toxic yeah, animals. Yeah, they are really worse on the, than on the Portuguese man. Yeah, so that was the kind of close call, the more close call. Now, you didn't venture in the we didn't go one in. or was it just a we time where? We did. I don't even remember looking for them. I just remember being thankful that she'd... Uh, determined to save our lives yeah and so we just kind of went about our business um but some more uh some more calculated risks that were taken later we we um we toured around the place for about a week or so with a guy who just gotten out of the army and he had this outfitted rig and he needed some people to travel with him so he could pay for gas and he was just exploring and so we were exploring the back country with this guy and we decided uh, we were going to go ahead and visit this place called Twin Falls and this other place called Jim Jim Falls. And mm -hmm. you can access them during the dry season. They're hard to access in the wet season because the roads are underwater. And so we went to Jim Jim Falls. And when you get out, there's there's a whole bunch of um, of kayaks there. And there are a couple of groups that ha had been you know, adventuring there. And there's a big sign with, an with a crocodile on it. And it says, enter at your own risk. And, um, and so we decided to, we decided to enter at our own risk and we swam all the way down to the falls, wow. which was maybe, I don't know, a half mile, uh, or so. And there's, there's the saltwater crocodile. And, right. And so we got down to the falls and got out and that's when I heard something hissing at me. 
And it was probably an eight foot uh, freshwater crocodile. Okay. Still got my attention. It wasn't aggressive, but it was letting me know, hey, stay back, buddy. Right. Which I decided to do. And we, we, we looked around the falls a little bit longer and then we made our way back to the launch point where we were swimming from and, and, and everything was fine. After our trip was over, we made it back to Sydney and we heard on the news that a 30 foot saltwater crocodile had been pulled out of that exact same spot. Wow. And so we must've missed it by a day or wow. two. That is, and so maybe that a, a, a not very well calculated risk there. Wow. Uh, saltwater crocodiles come and, really far inland in and, Australia. Uh, yeah, that's like 20 foot I heard is huge. So I'm just wondering how. Stem to stern. Actor, accurate. Thing. I hear they get that big, okay. uh, but I haven't, I haven't yeah. done my, my homework there as far yeah. as the literature believe, goes. You know, when, when somebody actually tape measures them. <laughs> big wow. animal. That, yeah. They are. Little kids disappear annually in the, out, out next to the billabong. Because they get too close to the water and that saltwater croc is- Wow. They're, they're ferocious. Yeah. Whew. Man. So another sort of skate, this was before I held the rattlesnakes. It was back when I was teaching at Liberty. And uh, my chairman, um, Dr. Paul Sattler and I were up on uh, near Camp Hideaway outside of Lynchburg. And we flipped over this uh, wooden uh, end of a- uh, telephone wire spool, you know, those telephone wire spools. Oh yeah. And we, we, it was sort of semi rotten. We flipped that over and there was a copperhead. Oh yeah. Well, we had no gear for it. We didn't have snake stick or tongs or anything. And both of us wanted to hold it. They're beautiful animals. Yeah. And they're, they're, uh, of the pit vipers, they're, they're one of the, they are the least toxic, uh, okay. of the. I mean, you still probably go to the hospital if you get juiced, but it's- And they tend to not be super aggressive. Right, right. Yeah. And so he had pinned this, the, the snake's head down with a piece, a stick, and he grabbed it by the neck, but his other hand was holding the stick. So I, I grabbed it mid-body, and I looked at Paul, and I said, you better not let go. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I put my my- uh, my life, so to speak, in his hands. <laughs> we lifted up the copperhead and he, you know, uh, we held it for a bit and I was holding it mid, mid body, trusting my department chair <laughs> not to let go. That's great. And we somehow got, we got it released, but yeah, most of the, I don't know what we've, um, what else we've talked about in earlier episodes. Um, I, I probably talked about the shark i mean swimming with the sharks haven't i i believe so yeah yeah so yeah. that was the other you know time where things were pretty electric was know. it hard to get was it hard to convince yourself to get in the water you know was there a uh, moment where you realized weird, i'm just gonna go trust, ahead and do this i'm gonna do this just because you know i i was com i was committed as being part of the crew right part of you know I can't back out. Right. I mean, cause this, they want to film me with sharks. So yeah. too bad. It wasn't, um, you know, I had to give my consent, but there was right. just, that was. No, it's kind of like jumping out of the airplane to skydive. Yeah. I haven't done that. I'd like to do yeah, that. Yeah. And, and, and I trusted the people that were saying, Hey, do this, do that and do the other thing. And you'll, 
be fine. You'll probably be fine. You'll probably right, right, exactly. You'll I mean, probably we had to fine. sign all the waivers, and, you know, that said <laughs> that if you're not fine, <laughs> but right, yeah. So that was uh, no. It's 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 interesting. Uh, I experienced a lot of that kind of. Um, I would say it's kind of similar to here in the U.S. A lot of the. Uh, you know, here's the risk, take it if you want to kind of yeah. attitude. And, but also it seemed to be in the policy of, of, of kind of how the federal uh, lands uh, are operated in Australia. There seemed to be a lot of, you know, the risks here they are. If you proceed, then, then that's, it's, that's it's your choice. You. And so, you know, the, uh, uh you know, uh, security versus security yeah. versus are freedom. So a little more on the regulation, they, they don't, shackle you up with all these no i think they're a little bit looser there it's such a and i think part of that's just dictated by the ecology you know you've Mm -hmm. got this country's almost probably more than 90 percent just desert interior desert i know and then they've got like most of the most 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 venomous snakes a guy pulled a death adder out of uh right before we went to twin falls there were a group swimming at at uh at, oh, I can't remember which was which twin or Jim Jim Falls. The other falls we went to first and we hopped off the rock and did some cliff diving and swam. And uh, then there was a uh, some somebody was getting our attention to come look at something on the far side of that pool. The water wasn't spilling over into the pool because it was dry season, but there's still a lot of water there. So we swam over to the far shore and uh, a I think it was some tourist company and he had, he had grabbed up a death adder. He had the death adder in his oh, hand. Wow. Uh, at least according to him, I, I wasn't looking closely at the identification or anything like that, but I got, you know, wow. I got within maybe 10, 20 feet and that's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't go, did you see other, uh, you know, the typical fauna of Australia? Yeah. I saw a lot of the typical fauna there. Bearded dragons, um, were really lots of goannas or goannas, those, yeah. those monitor lizards, yep. uh, a lot of the bird life, plenty of wallabies and kangaroos. Never saw a koala in to, the wild. Was there any petting zoo that you got to? I actually got to intern. Kangaroo? I got to intern at a fauna park on the campus of the university, and uh, they had they were uh, doing research on um, and also doing some captive breeding of wallabies, kangaroos, and brush-tailed possums. And wow. so I got to help care for them. That's I got great. to see some of these and care for them, like get, get to touch them, get stuff. to touch them. Actually, got to participate in. A, a, they great. tranquilized one of the larger. I think it was red, uh, red male uh, red kangaroos, uh, wh- which are quite quite dangerous animals. Uh, and a mature oh, yeah, you adult can, when you, could really when they, take you down. Yeah, when they uh, lean back on their tail and kick you. Yeah, I mean, and I heard some wild. Some, Break some ribs and heard some wild anecdotal stories about those kinds of yeah. things happening. Maybe the the other, maybe the last close call I'll share, um, which was it's not too close of a call. Again, I'm kind of leaning towards being the antithesis of Bear Grylls here. <laughs> yeah, we don't want our listeners doing crazy wild, stupid <laughs> right? Right. Uh, that that's that that's in your court. Uh, but uh, we were backpacking around the South Island of New Zealand, and we were on this trek. Uh, this was at the end of this same semester. And we, it was just pouring rain for the first three or four days. You didn't see any orcs? We saw, <laughs> there were no orcs there at the time. I think we preceded the orcs. We were just before okay. they invaded New Zealand, before Peter Jackson invaded. <laughs> um, and so we were, we were hiking through the backcountry. Um, and uh, a lot of these creeks and rivers were just swollen with flood water. Mm-hmm. They were full. And we had, to, we had to cross quite a few to get to this one point. And we found ourselves, we, we forded a, a creek, a significant, 
one and it was a little sketchy. We made it across. And then we found that the next one we had to ford was just too risky. We, mm-hmm. we just didn't want to try to go across it. The water was past our knee. It was moving very rapidly. It was on a descent. And so we just didn't want to take the risk. And right. so thankfully there was a little bit of a, a natural cleft in the rock, a, ca- a cave almost, that we had to actually stay in for about three nights. Wow. And so there's another group there from New Zealand. And so us in this group, maybe six or seven of us total, just hunkered down inside this uh, this natural bivouac of sorts, um, just kind of a, a cleft that maybe went in, it probably went in 20 feet and we could have a campfire in there and set up our camp stoves, but we just hunkered down there out of the rain uh, for about, for about uh, uh, four days, three nights until the water came down. Wow. And then had to make the calculated risk again. Okay, we can't, we're losing our minds mostly. We can't stay here and get it eaten by sand flies anymore. And so we're going right. to just take the risk wow. and, and cross this creek. Um, and that was, that was pretty fun. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much out <laughs> of, uh. You got these overly cautious, oh, yeah. you know, organismal biology uh, types. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are, oh, oh, there, you know, this wasn't life-threatening at all, but when I was doing box turtle research, often I would pick up a female and palpate her to see if she's got eggs. What's now that, that mean? mean? That means you're. I, I stick my fingers in, uh, right in front of their hind legs. Okay. Put my fingers into their squishy abdomen yeah. between their plastron, which is the lower shell, and the carapace upper shell. So be, tr- between the bridge, the bridge is the part of the shell that connects the upper and the lower shell. Okay. And so you got a bridge on either side between the front legs and the back legs. And so I'm sort of between the bridge and the back legs, squishing around to feel for eggs. And usually they're fine. They're used to you and they're just hanging out. Well, box turtles are box turtles, which means they can close up. Okay. And they don't just, they've got a hinge, you know, so they can lift up their front part of their plastron tight against, and they pull their front legs in and their head in. And then their back part of their plastron can also after they pull their legs in, they can cinch that up. Yeah. So they're pretty much sealed. Well, as I was probing around feeling for eggs, this turtle decided to shut up. And I mean, <laughs> really Uh-oh. hard. And it was, you know, where eye watering, like it felt like your finger was slammed in a car door. Oh that's man. How, wow. That's, that's how, interesting. That's how tight. It was way, way stronger than, say, a bite from a strong lizard. Yeah. It, it just was. And I, I was just, oh, and I put the turtle down and just lay. I couldn't pull it out. You couldn't get your finger no, out? No, no, I couldn't pull it out. It was just too tight. Wow. So, um, this turtle, I just had it on the ground hoping it would just emerge and, and open up and then I can pull my finger out. But, man. And finally, it, it wasn't like a, a car door in the, in, in the suddenness, right. uh, it was a, it was a squeeze and, you know, not a sudden squeeze, but a very, very strong squeeze. And then I was incapacitated for, for that's a, a that's a funny or, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So watch out. <laughs> I like it. I'm trying to think of any birds, uh, ever tried to latch onto me good and I'm, I'm not coming up with any 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 that I remember, but you know, um, 
I think probably the most dangerous things that you and I both encounter are going to be those venomous reptiles that you, yeah. that you spend a lot yeah. of time with. Now, well, did I fun. talk about when, um, the, what are those monkeys, uh, capuchin uh, down in some central America? Okay. Uh, did I tell you about that? No, I don't when, know this. Where, yeah. When I was, uh, it wasn't a biology trip. We were, uh, down in, um, Costa Rica. With okay. The, and I was, it was a short term mission trip. I was going with crew. Oh yeah. We were evangelizing, uh, on the, um, on the campus of the university of Costa Rica, but at the end, um, Manuel Antonio, we went down there at the coast, which is sort of a park, sort of a, a getaway for a day. And right at the beach, there were the monkeys and, uh, one of the monkeys had raided some snacks from this stack of gear from some co-eds, uh, <laughs> probably American girls vacationing. And one of them grabbed a bag of Cheetos and <laughs> ran back to the uh, palm trees at the edge of the beach, went up the tree. And, um, I was wanting to see what was going on. He had opened the bag of Cheetos and was starting. And then all of his friends and relatives came after him wanting uh, some handouts. Yeah. And he just was not intent on sharing. So he stuck the Cheetos under his arm and started climbing up the tree, but he stuck the bag upside down and all the Cheetos oh, littered out and onto the sand, which I'm sure, uh, that monkey was not happy. Well, I wanted to, uh, so I came in to get a picture of this madness. You wanted some all Cheetos. of the, all the monkeys were, were coming in to get their share of the Cheetos. And I was standing there a few feet away from this uh, sprinkling of Cheetos, uh, sort of the edge of the woods where palm trees and, and there was a, something, some vine or something was over my head and one monkey was crawling over my head. I didn't even see it because I was looking down and right above my head, this monkey just did not like me there at all. And he just swung with his fist and just hit me. Oh, wow top of the head <laughs> just whap and uh i i staggered backward like what was that and i looked at him and he he was just about a foot above me and I, as i backed up he looked at me and gave me this awful awful grimace and hiss like i mean it looked like when bilbo went bad when he was like <laughs> my precious that's the facial yeah, that's expression scary. that was scary oh man yeah but anyway, that, no, nothing was that dangerous. Turtles sh with shells shutting on you. Right. A monkey hitting you in the head. I right. mean, good right. grief. No, I, I hear you. And I, I, I always tell my biology students, and we're going to be wrapping up here in a second, but, um, you know, you do want to take calculated risks. You want to you think through, you want to find, find out what species are the most dangerous in this place yeah. or what is the dangerous thing about this place you're going. But also, I also encourage them. One of the things that I expect of them, I expect them to get stung by a jellyfish at some point in their lives. Right. You need to get stung by a jellyfish so you know how it feels. Now, don't go, yeah. don't go do what I almost did and, and hop in with the box jellies, but you no, should no, experience no. some discomfort, part <laughs> yeah. of being out in yeah, wild you creation. To, you need to suffer a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you need to get but you don't want to do pinched by a blue crab. Really, or, yeah. You don't want to do anything really, really dumb. Right. Don't um, feed the grizzlies. Don't do exactly. that. So just be careful and, and also just know what's out there and know- not to mess with things that you're not up for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be prepared. Have some fun. Go out and explore. 
And we'll we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you. All right, Will. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember, for all your homeschool science needs, go to noeoscience.com. That's N-O-E-O science.com.